0: This is Gulf Coast Life. I'm Mike Connery. Thanks for joining us. Jeremy Hobson has worked in public radio for more than 20 years. Most recently, he was host of NPR's Here and Now for more than seven years. Prior to that, Hobson reported for Marketplace and then hosted the Marketplace Morning Report. He's also reported and hosted for public radio stations in Rhode Island, Cape Cod, and Illinois. And he spent years as a producer for NPR's All Things Considered, Day to Day, and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. After leaving Here and Now in 2020, he spent some time trying television and writing and launched a podcast called The Hobcast, but he has always felt the pull of live radio and so now is launching a new live nationwide call-in show called The Middle. His goal with this new show is to elevate the voices of Americans who live in between the coasts and bring a wider variety of voices to the public radio airwaves. The first of four pilot episodes aired last week on about 500 public radio stations across the country. He hosted it from his hometown of Urbana Illinois. Tonight he's hosting the second episode from our studio here at WGCU. He and his team are in town preparing for tonight's show so we sat down with him to talk about how the middle came to be and why he believes it's important to bring a show like this to the public radio airwaves. Jeremy, welcome to Gulf Coast Life and to Southwest Florida. Mike, it's great to be here. So you have connections to Southwest Florida, I understand, right?
1: I do. I was married uh, in Marco Island. I lived in Marco Island for a period of time. My mother-in-law still lives in Marco Island. Uh, so I, I I know this area pretty well. Uh, and, and I'm so excited to do a show nationally from here because it's not a place that gets a lot of national attention, frankly.
0: Well, we're happy to have you. So what's the origin story for The Middle? So, you know, I've been in public radio
1: for over 20 years. Uh, In fact, a lot longer if you go back to when I was nine years old hosting a show on public radio in Illinois in my hometown called Treehouse Radio. But I've been in it for a long time. I started, uh, as I said, in Illinois. I lived in Illinois for half of my life, then moved to the coast for my career uh, where I was a reporter, a producer, a host of Marketplace Morning Report, and then a host of Here and Now for seven and a half years. And in all of that time, certainly I saw the coastal bias that exists in the media today. But I think it's actually gotten worse to the point that a lot of the people in our country who are incredibly politically powerful, whether they be here in a state like Florida, that obviously we know how important Florida is in our politics, but also people in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, uh, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin who have two senators each, just like New York and California do, um, but really get paid very little attention by the mainstream media and are not really a part of the national conversation. And so the idea here was, let's bring, let's make a show that is specifically devoted to bringing Americans from the middle of the country, the vast middle of the country, into the national conversation.
0: Um, and the name came from that, The Middle?
1: Yeah, look, I was I was, I was, was trying to develop a live evening talk show on public radio because, as you know, a lot of public radio stations after 7 o'clock, after All Things Considered is over, they go into playing other shows that are not live. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if there were a show that were live after All Things Considered? So I started to work on that, and I was reaching out to some stations, people that I know in Los Angeles and San Francisco and Chicago, and a friend of mine in Chicago said to me, Jeremy – you're from central Illinois. Why are you pitching this show to these coastal stations? What if you went to some stations in the middle of the country and had the show originate from Louisville, Dallas, Indianapolis? And I said, what if we called the show The Middle and really had it focus on the people who live in between the coasts? And it sort of just went from there. And we, I started talking to station managers in Louisville and Dallas and Nashville and St. Louis, and everybody loved the idea. And over the course of a number of months... Along with a small team um, who of just amazing people, we were able to, without a distributor, sell this show to over 500 stations around the country, which are going to be airing the four live specials we're doing of The Middle.
0: Including us tonight Including, at 9. Exactly. Um, so have you done much live with callers interviewing over the course of your career? Uh,
1: with callers, not a whole lot. It's been a long time. Uh, I've I've done certainly a lot of live uh, radio in the course of my career, I would say that, you know, when you listen to here and now, at least when I was there, at least a third of that show is fully live. Um, about a third of it is probably recorded the morning of the show. And about a third of it is recorded in the days before, in part, because you're dealing with actors and musicians who have very busy schedules and you just got to get them when you can get them. Um, but a lot of that show is live. I've done a lot of special coverage for NPR, which is all live. The, the day of the uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Christine Blasey Ford testimony, I was on the air from nine in the morning until 8 p.m. live, just me on, you know, with a team of NPR reporters. But I was anchoring that all day long live. I love live radio. I think in a world of podcasting, live is the one thing that radio can do that podcasting cannot do. There's still a ton of people that listen to the old-fashioned radio, including the people that are listening to this right now, probably. Um, So I think that there's a lot of potential there. And um, I- you know, yeah, having calls is is a different story. And I want to make sure that we get a wide range of calls from different political viewpoints, from different uh, geographic places in this country. I will take this opportunity right now to say that our number tonight is 8444 Middle. And I would love to hear from people in Southwest Florida, 844 464 3353. But yeah, it's going to be great. I, I, I had a great time last week with the calls. I'm excited about who's going to call in tonight.
0: You know, there's something about having a live collective experience that is in many ways missing. You know, ever since I told you in the email I sent you, your show last week reminded me somewhat of Talk of the Nation, which Mm -hmm. was sort of the last thing that we all heard on NPR that was that live collective moment. Uh, That's exciting.
1: Yeah. In fact, the the live talk shows now that exist nationally on public radio – don't take live calls. They take calls. You leave a message, and they call you back like if 1A. they want to. Like one A, like on point. Um, there are shows like that, but I think opening it up to the public is the most public thing you can do in public radio. And I, I like. I'm very excited to bring that back to the air.
0: Um, You know, we with this show went to pre-taped in part because it seemed like people were less inclined to make phone calls in a world where your phone isn't really often used for phone calling that much. Right. Who
1: does a voice call anymore? Um,
0: But from what you were telling me yesterday, it sounds like during your first episode, you did get plenty of calls.
1: We had over 200 calls uh, that came in in the course of the hour that we were on the air. And in fact, um, you know, we had 12 phone lines uh, and when they filled up, the calls bounced to voicemail and I got I went back and listened to all the voicemails that came in after the fact. Now, what I will say to people is if you call in and you can't get through and you go to voicemail, leave a message. A short one because we'll have we're gonna have a producer just assigned to listening to those calls during the show and calling people back because not everybody obviously can get through on twelve lines and I could get two hundred lines. But we're not going to be able to get 200 people answering those lines. And so this is the best we can do in this world. But, yes, people called in.
0: You have a call screener or maybe call screeners. You know, I did that for many years. So I know the challenges of trying to get somebody to be succinct and say Mm -hmm. where they're coming from. And then you have to trust that they talk about what they said. Can you just talk about, you know, sort of that being out on the on the ledge a little bit when it comes to putting somebody on the radio that you've only had a brief moment to vet? Yeah, um, my hope is that we
1: can err on the side of, a, of of opening the gate and allowing people into the conversation as opposed to saying we're not going to because we're not sure what they're going to say. Now, yes, we do have call screeners that are doing their best to make sure that the people that get on are going to add to the conversation in some way uh, and to provide that geographic ideological uh, diversity that I was talking about. Um, but also, you know... You you just never know, and so we have an eight-second delay button, <laughs> thanks to WGCU, that can be pressed if somebody swears or something like that, which thankfully did not happen last week, and I hope doesn't happen for the rest of the time, because I would love it if we don't have to use that button at all.
0: Will the call screeners be trying to select callers who... Are from the middle, either geographically or just from different perspectives that we don't normally hear on public radio?
1: Yeah. So when I was talking to, let's say, New Hampshire Public Radio about this show, and they said, well, wait, so if this is called the middle, does that mean that our callers are never going to be able to get on the air on the show? And I said, look, if the rest of the public radio day is focused or weighted." 80-20 towards the coasts. This show is going to be weighted 80-20 towards the middle. So I'm saying maybe eight out of 10 calls are going to come from the middle. In fact, last week, uh, there were no calls that got on the air that were from coastal states. Um, I would actually love it if we got one on tonight. I've told my producers that, hey, you can allow at least one coastal call into the show tonight. But I'm glad we're giving the voice to the people that are calling in from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Texas, you know. The West Coast of Florida. I'm including Fort Myers in the middle. I was going to ask that
0: next. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, we are Florida is interesting in that even though we are on the edge of the country, we are more of the middle, I guess you could say.
1: Well, I think there's a few things going on there. One is, as people listening to this know, and as I know from having lived here. A lot of the people that are here did come from the Midwest. In fact, I looked it up, and I think the state in the last five years that contributed the population of Lee County more than any other was Illinois. Hmm. Um, Also, I-75 goes straight up to Cincinnati. You can see a lot of Ohio State flags around here. Um, So there's that aspect of it. And of course, with retirees and vacationers coming from the Midwest, that certainly has impacted the culture here. But the other piece is if this show is about giving voice to people who are not part of the national conversation, I think you could absolutely say that the Gulf Coast of Florida is not usually part of the national conversation. You don't see people live from Fort Myers on or from FGCU, or from other institutions around here on CNN all day long talking about the politics and the news that's going on in the world. There's no reason for that. Every, we're all Americans. Why should only the people in Washington, New York, LA, Boston, and San Francisco get to be a part of the national
0: dialogue? Um, unless it's Anderson Cooper standing in downtown Fort Myers as a hurricane approaches. Right, right,
1: <laughs> right exactly. And, and I think that's that's the other thing. You know, I, I grew up in Champaign-Urbana. We were there last week. I think a lot of people on the coasts Think that, you know, once you go west of the Hudson River, it's all just one big blob and everybody's the same, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, et cetera. I think people have that view about Florida, too. Oh, Florida. Yeah, Florida is just one thing. No, Florida is not one thing. I, you know, Miami is so different than here, is so different than Jacksonville, is so different than the um, the panhandle of Florida, But I think the other piece about this particular place that I'm very excited to bring forward, if I can, on the show tomorrow, is this is a booming area of this country. Fort Myers was one of the 15 fastest growing cities in America in the last census. There are so many people coming in here from all, not just all over the country, but all over the world, um, that I think people don't get that outside of this area. If they haven't been here before, they don't understand that. And I think every part of this country has that extra layer that if you dig a little bit, you find out a little more about it. And I, th- I want to kind of show that off in this show.
0: Um, we are clearly becoming increasingly polarized in this country. Um, I've been saying on the show for a few years now that it's almost reached a point where it feels like there's no Venn diagram between two separate realities. Mm-hmm. Is the middle an attempt to push those circles together and find some sort of overlap?
1: Well, the, the middle is specifically not designed to be a right Versus left, red versus blue um, split. I am splitting the country up in a different way, which is coastal versus non-coastal, which then breaks down some of those barriers. Mm. And I people have asked me, does this mean the middle politically? And I'm like, well, I think if you go to the middle of the country, you're probably going to get a little closer to the political middle. But I think more importantly, our politicians have an incentive to split everybody up, divide us and make us go into our polar camps. The media should not, and certainly public media should not. We should be creating a space where everybody feels comfortable being part of the conversation and everybody has... Trust in what's being said. And so what I want to do with this show is have a non-condescending, non-judgmental environment where people, whether they be conservative, independent, liberal, feel comfortable calling in and being part of the conversation.
0: I'd like to take a moment to reintroduce our guest. His voice will be well known to public radio listeners. Jeremy Hobson is former host of NPR's Here and Now. And over his career with NPR, he's also been a producer for All Things Considered, Day to Day, and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. We're talking about a new show he and his team are building called The Mid- It's a live nationwide call-in show that's still in its pilot phase. He'll be hosting the second episode tonight at 9 from this same studio, and it will be broadcast on around 500 public radio stations across the country. If you'd like to engage with the show, Please do so using WGCU social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So I listened to your first show last week, and going into the breaks, you've got a DJ. Can you talk yes. a little bit about that that programming decision and how it came to be? Well, I, I wanted this show, in addition to,
1: to being the things I've just been talking about, to also be really fun to listen to. And I thought, why don't we add like a late-night talk show style That's element what it felt like. to the show? No, I mean, I've been,
0: I've been describing— It felt like you were at the desk, and there was somebody over there There's in the somebody chair. Over there, Anthony <laughs>
1: who's playing music into the breaks and is is sort of a part of the conversation but he is our Paul Schaefer our Questlove our Jean-Baptiste depending on your generation and uh, he he's playing music not just music but he's playing music from the place where we are um, mm. and I told him in advance of this show I said Anthony just so you know we're in southwest Florida we're in the west coast of Florida. I don't want you playing a bunch of Miami music. You've got to stick to this side of the state because that's what we're doing here. So um, he's been great. I think like he's just such a we we've always we've been on the air before together I've had him on here and now over the years in my DJ sessions. I have a great rapport with him. I like our chemistry on the air. And I said, Anthony, like, will you do these specials with me? And he said, yes. He said, you had me at the middle. So I said, "Okay, great.
0: Is the plan to keep him on board if and when this goes into its full form in the future? I don't know that KCRW, his employer, would let me do that. But they certainly loaned him to me for a few episodes. (laughs) Um, Happy to be back on the radio. I know you you left what here now a couple of years ago. Yeah, you have been... a podcast or had a podcast called Podcast,
1: yes. the Hobcast. I I, I did that uh, fifteen episodes of that uh, last summer. I yes, it's great to be back on the radio. And I will say, unlike you know, in, in, after I left here and now, I sort of did some exploration into TV. I did some exploration into writing, and I did some exploration into podcasting. And I don't think that. I enjoyed any of those as much as I like live radio. And so it is really nice to be back doing live radio.
0: So um, I kind of just teased it a little bit, but this is four pilot episodes, three before the election, one after the election. And then your your hope is to then spin this up into a weekly live show with this same basic model sometime maybe next year.
1: Exactly. Uh, I, I'm going to go you know try to find funding to do this because this is a, an independent production. Um, and... If we can find the funding needed to make this a weekly program uh, starting in February or March of next year, that is the goal. What is the topic tonight? The topic is, I mean, and by the way, this topic was selected before Hurricane Ian, um, as was WGCU and Fort Myers as a location. Uh, The topic is, how is the changing climate affecting you wherever you are in this country and what do you want the government to do about it? So, Again, we're taking calls at eight four 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 4 You can also reach out to us at listen listentothemiddle.com. Um, but we are going to be I, – what I hope is that in addition to hearing from people uh, in southwest Florida, that we also hear from people who are in the drought-stricken southwest, that we hear from people along the Mississippi River, which is drying up right now, um, that we hear from people in farm country, that we hear from people who don't think that the government should do anything about climate change. I want to hear all of those views, if possible, on the show.
0: And your guest will be um, a
1: local meteorologist, right? So one of our guests, yes, is going to be John Patrick from ABC7 here in southwest Florida. And the other guest is going to be a professor at Notre Dame who studies political science and climate change.
0: Does your show prep – and we're going to get a little bit inside of the weeds here. Does your show prep for, for this show differ at all from what you've done in the past? Because it's live, because there are callers, do you have a different mindset going into how you prepare?
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've got to be – in a way ready to sort of tap dance through a show uh, instead of being super up on one guest or another. When I, when I would prepare for an interview on here and now, maybe I'm interviewing an author and I would read their book, or maybe I'm interviewing an actor and I would watch their movie, or maybe I'm interviewing a politician and I would read everything I can about their views on whatever I'm going to ask them about. Uh, In this case, I don't know what's going to happen. I have to be ready for, for the callers that call in, um, and I've got to be ready to keep the conversation moving. It's a little bit different than doing a an interview for an hour with an author or something like that.
0: Yeah, The callers become uh, elements in the show, basically. Right. And actually, I will say this. Last week for the Illinois
1: show, in the hour and a half before the show, I did what I would do every time I would host live special coverage on NPR. I – put my headphones in with some music, and I took like a really long walk around the town. Um, Hopefully it's not gonna be too hot for me to do that tonight, but uh, I think that clearing my head and being relaxed but focused is the best preparation for
0: something like this. Um, Before I let you go, you mentioned this at the beginning, Treehouse Radio, age nine. What's the short version of that story? I was in my third
1: or fourth grade class, it must've been fourth grade, uh, and this radio producer locally in Urbana, Illinois, came into the class and wanted us to write uh, radio dramas. And my friend and I wrote one. She selected it to be on the air. We did it. And then she had us come in and host the show uh, a few times. And in one of the times hosting that show, I got to interview uh, Dave Barry, the, the you know comic writer. How do we describe him? A columnist uh, based in Miami. I had no idea who Dave Barry was. But I interviewed him, and I asked him, and there is tape of this, I asked him something like, um, with a very high-pitched voice, what do you think of the Clinton administration? Also something I don't think I knew what I was saying, yeah. <laughs> but I said it. I don't know who wrote that for me, but somebody did.
0: Um, and uh, the other thing I I learned from uh, you know preparing for this was that you also, a little later, you worked on an oral history project right. at WILL mm-hmm. in um, Champaign-Urbana. Urbana. How do you say that? Urbana. Urbana. Yep. And the person who you worked with, is now working with you on this show, yes. right?
1: Yes, Alex Ashlock, uh, who was working at WILL when I was uh, you know, in, in middle school, basically, and we did this project together interviewing Holocaust survivors and put a piece together that was on the air. Uh, Alex was then a producer at Here and Now for the seven and a half years that I was there in Boston. And when I started putting this show together, I managed to convince Alex to uh, take a break from retirement and come and direct this show. And he did a great job last week, and I'm sure he's going to do a great job tonight. He's one of the best directors in the business.
0: It must be nice just having that sort of deep, you know, institutional friendship knowledge with somebody to do something like this.
1: Yeah, look, uh, you know, every single member of this team that I put together for this show uh, has a, a great background In public radio, we've got Alex Ashlock, who I just said I've worked with for a long time. Lisa Napoli, who I used to work with at Marketplace, who wrote a book about the history of public radio, is our senior producer. John Barth, who was one of the creators of Marketplace, has been helping me all the way along, get this on all the stations and really helping to craft what the show is becoming. We have our two call screeners, I guess our three call screeners. All have spent time in different public radio entities doing call screening and it's just a great, a great group of people with a lot of radio background and they know how to do a great show.
0: All right. Well, thanks to my guest, Jeremy Hobson is host of the new public radio show called The Middle. Tonight, you can hear the second of four pilot episodes at 9pm here on WGCU and share that listening experience with listeners all across the country. Jeremy, thank you so much for spending some time with us and talking about the show and good luck with this new venture. Thank you so much. Jeremy and his team will be at KCUR in Kansas City next Wednesday, November 2nd, and then we'll round out their pilot episode run at KJZZ in Phoenix the following Wednesday, November 9th. You can add your voice to the middle tonight during the 9 o'clock hour by calling 1-844-4-MIDDLE. That's 1-844-464-3353. If you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org GCL, or wherever you find podcasts. Our show today was produced by yours truly. Our director today is Jared Gonzalez. Our social media coordinator is Tara Callaghan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WMKO Marco Island 91.7 FM. We are NPR for Southwest Florida.